Wanna go, pretty boy? Two minutes by yourself and you feel shame, you know, and then you get free. The only thing better than a glass of beer is tea with Miss McGill. And welcome to the 4th Line Voice Podcast. My name is Darren. Thank you very much for tuning in. Episode 359 of the big show. Some enforcer-based podcasting coming at you. Brought to you by the Hockey Podcast Network. How's everybody doing out there? Another Sunday. Super Bowl Sunday. Here we go. Who, who do you got for the big game? I'm, of course, I'm recording this Saturday night at 9 o'clock. Um, so, as you're probably listening to this on Monday on your commute. So the game is done and... Oh, it's all said and done. I don't know. I've, uh, I know right now Kansas City's a, about a two and a half point underdog. Um, yeah, I, like I said, I said earlier, I said, I, and I'm still sticking with it. I, I gotta go with the boys. You know, I, I gotta go with, uh, with the champs. And, um, they've been there. They've done that. Um, I think San Francisco's kind of limping into this game. Um, they were lucky to get by Green Bay. And, uh, I don't know. I just think Kansas City's look pretty solid. Um, it'll be interesting, though. Like, I think, you know, San Francisco can run the ball and Kansas City's deep run defense. Eh, you know, but um, I don't know. I just look at it. It's also it's Mahomes versus Purdy, right? And uh, and I, I got to go with Mahomes, the proven track record, right? So, uh, but I mean, if San Francisco wins, oh, really? You know, I mean, obviously, they're the favorites, so... Uh, clearly the betting public seems to think they're going to, um, so, but I don't know. I think, uh, I think KC's the play here in my, in my, uh, my world anyway, we'll see if I'm right here, but, uh, yeah, hopefully it might be, uh, THPN, DraftKings might be dropping a sign of the wife up, pick up that $200 bonus, might be slapping that down on the, uh, on the old Chiefs. But, what are we going to talk about today, boys and girls, here on the Super Bowl Sunday edition of the 4th Line Boys? Well, um, over this past weekend, we had a surprise, you know, something I didn't think I'd be saying in 2024. Uh, we had a letdown, and, uh, and, and you know, and I, and I think, uh, I think... I mean, I, I guess I've I've kind of ranted on this before, but it kind of it reared its, uh, you know, it came up to the came up to the surface again this week, um, yeah, and I and I just how hockey's you know just the minor league has lost their plot and lost the plot, and I think the and I think fans and I think some ex players have too, and uh, I mean I've talked about this before, but uh, you know I'll get into it more here in a bit, and uh, and then I got a list, Tim, I have a list. Um, it's to kind of uh, to go along with what Joe's doing over at the Coliseum Chronicles. Of course, he's been interviewing Stone Cold Steve McLaren, and um, you know, and listened to the interview, and you know, he's bringing up all a lot of the uh, the great uh, McLaren's great Phantom battle Philadelphia or battles when he played with the Philadelphia Phantoms, and kind of just talking about that whole scene. 
Um, well, I know in my list, my, on my list, my, fo- my folder, I have a Philadelphia Phantoms list and, uh, I dug it out and, uh, it is the top six toughest Philadelphia Phantoms of all time. So <clears throat> we'll look at that. I think uh, I, you know, spoiler, I, I don't know the list. I haven't looked at the list, but, uh, you know, I'm, I'm willing to lay my DraftKings money that Steve McLaren is somewhere on that list, I would think. So, but, uh, you know, we will see. We will get into it. And of course, as always, it's kind of a tradition here. Hockey cards. Yes. Uh, well, I've, I've talked about it in the last episode I, uh, that I was saving these. 91, 92 pro set. Uh, so we'll get into, we'll get into that in a, in a second. Um, it, it's funny. I, I, just before I came down here, I was I was looking out the uh, the window, my my front window, and uh, you know we have like <clears throat> with your garbage, you have uh, like some people have their garbage cans in the alleys. You know the trucks come down the alleys. Other people have front street pickup. Well, we have front street pickup here. Um, anyway, and it was on Thursday. They came and got the can. You know, I came home at you know got home at two thirty or whatever. Pulled into the driveway, pulled into the garage, and went out and. Walked before leaving, because they have an attached garage. Before walking inside, obviously I walked down the driveway, grabbed my bin and rolled it back up to the side of the house. Put it over by the gate and whatever and went inside. I don't know what, I don't know why it's, it's bothering me so much, but the people across the street, their cans still sitting there. And it is like, I came down here. It's so at nine o'clock tonight, I came downstairs, but as I was doing it, I looked out the window and it's still sitting there. And they're home. It's not like, oh, we, they went on vacation for, on Thursday. Like, no, they're home. I've seen them. They've driven past it and gone into their driveway in, and up their driveway and into their garage a couple times. The, you know, they have young kids. Like, well, you know, the one kid's 10 or 11. Like, d- old enough that you could bring the garbage can in. But I'm just like... I, I, I don't know why it's bothering me so much, but for some reason, it's just irritating me that that can't... It has nothing to do with me. <clears throat> it's not like, oh, I'm going to go file a complaint with the town or write him an anonymous letter and put it in the mailbox or anything. <clears throat> but I'm just, like, kind of sitting there and kind of looking out the window. I'm, I think it's more just, like, how do you drive by it and leave it? Like, you know, and you have young... Like, I don't know. I just think... See, when I was growing up, we had the old school, like metal garbage cans in the back alley and the the guys came and they just grabbed the cans and hand bombed it right whatever but i'm like I, i'm just thinking like if we had front street pickup and like i was 10 or 11 years old and i just like ignored the can for three days like well i wouldn't have i would have like the first day thursday when i got home from school see that's the other thing those thursday after they dumped it and the kid came home from school he walked right by the can and up the up the walkway and into their house. See, when my dad would get home, he would be like, "Dumb shit! Why did you leave the can sitting out there? Why why'd you walk right by it? You know they emptied it. Drag it up to the house." Okay, I'll get up. No, you're going now, and you're gonna go get it. Like it wouldn't be like, yeah, no. When I, next time I go out, it'll be like, no, go put your shit on and go get it right now. You know, I don't know. It's just. Anyway, aren't you glad? Aren't you glad you tuned into the fourth line voice? Yeah, I don't know why that's bothering me so much, but for some reason, people that don't bring it probably because I'm in the garbage business, I guess. But people that don't bring in the garbage cans bug the shit out of me, especially after you like 
you literally you've walked by it like five times already. Like, ugh. and you have young kids. You know, like if it was like an elderly person across the street or something, I would I'd go do it for them. I'd go grab it and just roll it up to the front of their house or whatever, or to the side of their garage or something. But like, no, you have a like an eight year old and an eleven year old. Like they can, you know, one of them can do it. It's like, well, that and able body parents. It's like someone take it off the road. But anyway, no, oh, you've been a great crowd. Thank you. But uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know why it just bothers me so much. <clears throat> anyway, what was I saying? Oh yeah. <clears throat> well, before we get into all this action, obviously I'm a member of the Hockey Podcast Network. Over 100 shows in the network. All the NHL teams are represented. So whatever fan, whatever team you're a fan of, there's a show for you. I'm on the original content creator side. Myself, old TR, Terry Ryan, Jolton Joe Lazito at the Coliseum Chronicles, Alec at the Five for Fighting podcast, Jordan at Five in a Game. Oh yeah, they stick us over on the table in the corner and uh, tell us, you know, speak when spoken to. Um, yeah. So, and like I said before, uh, Joe has uh, just released uh, part two of the Steve McLaren interview. Well, just released on Monday, he released it. Um, yeah, I've been really enjoying the interview. And uh, one a, a true minor league legend, without a doubt. And, uh, man, it was, it was funny. Um, uh, you know, I listened to Joe's interview on, the, on my drive-in the other day and um, into work. And... Uh, when I got home, I just happened to be on YouTube and I just, uh, I, I just went and looked up some McLaren stuff. Just, uh, you know, not, not only on my YouTube channel, but, but, uh, like, man, what a bad dude, man. Just power and like, wasn't really the biggest guy. Like he's thick, you know, but like six feet, 220, you know, 225. Um, but man, could he hit? And I know like, why it's Steve Parsons on my show. And, uh, yeah, McLaren caught him. He talked about, like, McLaren to hit so hard. Mike Segroy has said McLaren hit so hard. Like, po- legendary power, man. And, uh, yeah. But really good interview. Check it out. It's, uh, it's, it's good. And, um, yeah. And then old Alec at the five for, five for fighting. Um, you know, he, uh, you know, he's, he's moved now. He's been Tennessee and, uh, you know, just trying to, you know, unpack and get set up. So, uh, hopefully he can have, uh, something soon, but, uh, yeah, he, uh, his ongoing battle with the East Coast Hockey League, <laughs> you know, he, he puts a video up, they take it down. Um, for those what are five for, he, uh, he has, a re- he has created a new account on Twitter on X. So, um, you know, just cause of course the East Coast League shut down you know, his, uh, his, his Twitter account. So he had to start a new one and, uh, what a bunch of losers that this will all get to my losing the plot here story in a bit, but, uh, or my rant or whatever you want to call it. But, uh, but yeah, but check it out. Alec five for fighting podcast. Uh, yeah. Support the cause. You know, I, y'all, I forgot to mention, I, uh, earlier this afternoon, I interviewed a cat named Brock who, uh, who actually runs the Victoria salsa no, it's not a, no, it's not a condiment site. Uh, you know, it's not a, a Mexican appetizer site. Uh, no, it is the name of the old uh, B, Junior A, the BC League Hockey League team. Uh, and he runs kind of a historic channel on, 
on Twitter. And uh, so I had him on. We talked about Victoria hockey for a little bit. And then we kind of did a 10, 10 rapid fire questions. But and it was great to have him on and stuff. I think that'll be, that'll probably be one of my Vegas episodes. But anyway, he, uh, he mentions to me off the air. Oh, he has a five for fighting podcast hat. I said, holy shit, you're the one. But I laughed because actually I got one of those too. So there you go, Alec. You've sold two hats. There you go. So don't let Hit Club screw you over and tell you you haven't sold anything. You've sold two hats at minimum or maximum probably too. But, uh, you know, <laughs> I need merch, man. I, I've been saying that for years. And, you know, Brock said the same thing. And I've had a, I've had a bunch of people say it to me. I know I should. But, all right. Let's get into this, um hockey cards, shall we? We'll do this first. Here we go. We'll, uh, uh, as I said, they're the uh, 91-92 Pro Set. Oh, classic. Who do you think I got right off the top? Friggin' Klima. Peter Klima. There you go. Bucket and all. It's an Oilers card. Yeah. Oh, yeah. There's a gem. Alexander McGilney. That actually might be a rookie card of McGilney. What a talent. Uh, Brian Fogarty, another guy. What a waste of talent. Um, I've had people talk about him. Just absolute legend. The stuff that Brian Fogarty could do. Um... Yeah, unfortunately, uh, you know, got into drinking and uh, just could never, could never, uh, could never get it right. Could never straighten out. But uh, you know, unfortunately. But uh, yeah, w- what a talent! What a talent he was. Pelly Eklund of the Flyers. Who is this? Jeff Cortnell of the Canucks. See, these Procept Platinum ones, these are the ones, they're glossy. They have really nice pictures, but they didn't put their names on the front. I don't know, so you got to kind of... John Madden of the Devils. Who is this Buffalo Sabres guy? Grant Ledger. Oh, Mike Ramsey, pardon me. Oh. Would this be a, a youngster, a young rookie for the Quebec Nordiques? Named Matt Sundin. Yeah. There we go. Oh, they're they're all sticking together. Sorry for the... I'm not trying to be dramatic here. Bruce Driver and Theron Fleury. Well, that was kind of a a very non-eventful... Or very... Definitely lack of... Lack of tough guy uh, cards, that's for sure. Uh, But McGill... Michael Pavanka, yeah. But I think I'll I'll keep that Klima card out. I know uh, an old Forrest is listening, and he's a he's an undercover Klima fan. Don't let him tell you otherwise. Yeah, he probably has a. Bet you he's got a flower pot like that. He probably wore it in the uh, the old Alberta Senior League somewhere. Ah, <laughs> uh, hey Trev, hope you're doing well, man. Um. Got to get you on here. Uh, you, you and Pink Drink on here. Everybody listening is just like, what is this guy talking about? Tourette's? What? Squirrel. Yeah, inside joke, folks. Got to be there. Um, all right, let's get my list out here. 
Um, I've, I have think I have things written down today, folks. I have bullet points. Um, well, I gotta say, well, I don't need to read this for this. Um, yeah, what, what man, what a, what a last couple days in the LNAH, the old Quebec League. Um, quite something, boy. Uh, Brett Gallant, out of retirement and, uh, playing for Laval. And, um, yeah, he, uh, rolled into Sorrell and, uh, yeah, him and Gabby Rock went toe to toe and it was a beauty of a tilt. And in fact, that game, the Sorrell game with Laval, I mean, it may as well have been 2005 or 2006. And, uh, I think that, that they had six fights that game. Uh, and, uh, but yeah, uh, Brett Gallant, uh, you know, his first, well, his first fight since last year, really, uh, you know, uh, looked good. I don't went toe to toe. I, I, uh, I talked to him through, I texted him after and, uh, he said he, the next day he was like, I'm, I'm really, well, this is where it gets funny because he's telling me, holy shit, man, I'm really sore. It's been a long time. He's like, oh man, I'm out of shape, quick shifts, you know, but, um, but he, you know, fight went well and, uh, they both, they both gave a few, both took a few. Um, I don't, I believe Rock did not come back after the fight though. So, um, nobody got dropped or anything, but, uh, I think Gallant was, hitting him with some bombs, man, and, uh, but yeah, I know, uh, it was funny, because Brett, like I said, in the morning was saying, oh, man, it was, yeah, it was a good go and everything, but he's like, yeah, you know, pretty sore, pretty beat up, and, and the next night, last night, Friday, they were playing, um, Marquis, which, of course, has Patrick Bordalo and Donald Brashear on the team, and, of course, here is my advanced scouting, I'm talking to Brett, and I'm like, well, yeah, Bortolo and Brashear are playing, but I'm like, ah, they haven't really looked that interested. And I know Derek Parker, who also plays in Laval, him and Bortolo kind of got a feud going. And, uh, so I'm like, yeah, Parker will be kind of occupying, uh, Bortolo's time. So you, and I'm like, Brashear's 52 years old. He, you know, he's just out there to, you know, he's fought a couple times this year, but, uh, you know, he's certainly, not going looking for it. And I don't think at that point, Brett, after what he was feeling, was going to go looking for it either. So, okay. And I'm like, yeah, so you'll be okay. Should be just be able to play tonight, have a nice night off and, you know, collect, you know, hey, shit, collect, collect some cash and head back to the Maritimes, right? <clears throat> well, how plans change? Um, yeah, Brett Gallant and 52-year-old Donald Brashear went at it last night. And, uh, like I said, I, I put that on social media and I said, that is something I didn't think I would be, uh, writing in 2024. That's for sure. But, um, yeah, they went at it and, uh, you know, like I said, full marks to Brashear at 52 for, for stepping up and, uh, you know, and well, and that's the thing. I mean, it's not like, you know, not knocking bread or anything, but it's not like he's a fucking teenager either. I mean, he's 36 years old too. So, uh, you know, at 36, I don't think he thought he'd be fighting anybody older than him, but, um, you know, uh, but, uh, you know, uh, Mark, he was down three, nothing and the start of the second period, things were getting a little heated and, uh, yeah, Brashear was kind of messing with, uh, with Laval's captain and, uh, Gallant went over and next thing you know, they're squaring off and they pop the lids and, and, uh, you know, old school man and squared off and, uh, Brashear initially got the initial grab and, and kind of went into the wrestling and kind of, you know, was trying to get him set up and, you know, how Brashear does it kind of, you know, in Titan wrestling. But 
uh, Gallant got the right loose and dropped some hammers and, uh, you know, and, and Brashear landed a couple, but Gallant kind of, you know, I'd say got the, got the better of them and, uh, and down they went. And, uh, I would, I would definitely, uh, I'd give Gallant the W. It wasn't a knockout or anything or TKO or anything like that, but no, Brett looks strong, but nonetheless, it's just, you know, 52 year old Brashear fighting, right? So, but yeah, so I never, like I said, I didn't think if somebody had told me at the start of the year, do you think we're going to get a Brett Gallant, Donald Brashear fight in the LNH? I would have looked at what, but, uh, here we are, right? Um, no, and I kind of mentioned to Brett after, I said, well, so much for my scouting. I, I guess you're not going to have an easy night. And, uh, and he told me, he goes, yeah, he goes, well, Brashear was messing with the captain. So I went over there and, and just, it was good, just told him to fuck off. And then Brashear just looked at me and said, fuck, you want to try it? And, uh, like Gallant said, he goes, fuck, it's Donald Brashear, man. I got to do it, right? Like it's, that guy's a legend. Get that on the fight card, right? So. And away they went. So there you go. I think, and there was about four more fights in that game. So she, Laval was like 10 fights in two games. What is this, 2003? It was the Le Chiefs. You know, it was Bob, are they living in the rink? I should ask, I should ask Gallant. Did you get a hotel room or did they get you, are you in the rink? Um, yeah, wait for Tim Levesque to come out next game. But, uh, yeah, old school, man. And, uh, it was sure funny. I was talking to, uh, uh, a couple folks there in Quebec and, uh, you know, the Laval game, you know, not a bad crowd, whatever, but, uh, Marquee was packed. You know, funny enough, you got Gallant and all them in the lineup. People want to see it. And, uh, and they delivered. And, uh, yeah, uh, fun night in the LNAH. And, and I could tell you my inbox and, uh, on social media was blowing up. And I sit at the end of the couch, kind of telling everybody, I'm like, holy shit, Brashear and Gallant just went and all this. And I'm, Typing it out, people are like, "Oh, get video, gotta get the video." And I'm like, "Oh, they only have it in like, cause you, you know, the in the Laval Facebook group." I'm like, "Well, a bunch of people filmed it with their phone, but you can't share it outside of the group." I'm like, "I need someone to post this fight, and make it shareable." So finally, a guy did, but uh, yeah, so put that out there, and yeah, I, I will say, I mean, for the most part, people will obviously respectful, and you know, couldn't pressure at 52 is fighting. Yeah, I mean, you'll get a few clowns that are you know, have something to say about it, but it's like, huff, guy's 52 and you're knocking him. Like, I don't know. Um, I, I saw a couple guys that were kind of like, why are you doing it? And whatever, he must be broke. And, eh, you know, whatever. I mean, well, he ain't broke with what they're paying him. But, uh, you know, but I, I don't know. His shit, good for, I mean, it's not like he put a gun to his head and forced him out there. Like, yeah, he's, yeah, he's in great, Brashear looks like he's in great shape. Um, he, and he's, uh, you know, cleaned up his life, and uh, he was having a few issues off ice and stuff. But I, I noticed uh, Jacques Dubay actually, who's friends with Donald Brashear, they played in Quebec Radio X back in the day. And you know, Donald obviously still lives in the area, and the, him and Jacques are friends. And uh, he commented actually on in on my uh, in one of my threads that oh, Brash has cleaned up; he's doing well. He's got a new lady in his life, and uh, he's been with her a couple years, and he's happy and. He's just doing it for the love of the game, man. He's still physically able and, uh, you know, and they're, you know, let's not, you know, they're paying him a good chunk. So good for him, man. You know, fought a couple times this year. Like old habits die hard, right? I don't, I'm pretty sure Donald Brashear, well, maybe he was, but I don't think he was on YouTube checking out who Brett Gallant was and, you know, going through the old AHL box scores to figure it out. But, uh, you know, um, and Gallant, 
uh, to me, even if he was playing like, you know, he had trained all year and was and fully healthy and ready to go. I mean, to me, I, I've said Brett Gallant's been the toughest guy in hockey for the last bunch of years. And, I, and I'm including the end. I'm not just saying in the minors. No, it's like in the NHL. In my opinion, Brett Gallant, no, I'm not going to destroy Reeves and, you know, kill everybody. Like, I'm not getting crazy, but, uh, pound, you know, day in, day out, pound for pound, fighting everybody multiple times if he had to. Uh, Brett Gallant would be my guy standing at the end of when the dust settled. I mean, to me, he's the toughest guy in hockey. And, um, you know, and even off, uh, even with some ring rust, uh, the last couple nights he proved he was. So, uh, it's cool, man. Um, you know, and, and really the reason, uh, Gallant, cause Laval's been after him all year to play and he hasn't. And, uh, but you have to play a certain amount of games to qualify to play, to be on the playoff roster. I think it's six and he's played three now. And, um, I, they, I think they basically just told him like, Hey, we need you to come like this weekend. So, cause you got to get into some games cause we want to get you on the playoff roster. Cause Laval's in first place there and looking real strong. And gonna make a, and it's gonna make a solid run. And I think, uh, you know, obviously they want Gallant to be a part of it. So, um, who knows going forward? I mean, I, him and I didn't, he, well, not that he would tell me anyway, but I didn't ask. And, uh, you know, I know that's what they want. Obviously they want him there for the rest of the year. Um, he went back to the Maritimes. He's coaching hockey, et cetera. And, you know, we'll kind of, kind of play it from there. But, uh, you know, we'll see, uh, you know, from a self, from a selfish standpoint, obviously I wish he'd, uh, I hope he comes back and, you know, we can see some more tilts and, um, you know, as he kind of goes through the league, but, uh, you know, it'll be interesting, but Brett Gallant makes his, uh, his, uh, fighting debut for 2024. <clears throat> so it was cool, man. It was like old school LNH again, the anticipated bout and it went down and, uh, I know the fans were pumped and the online, I know the, the, the French folks there on the, in the, in the Laval, uh, thread were in the Facebook group were really excited and, uh, and everybody was, and it was cool, man. And, uh, they went there and put on a show and, uh, yeah, everyone went home happy. How about that? There's some other leagues that should learn that. Let's get into it. Um, my next point, of course, uh, my last episode, 358, uh, not only did I do a, uh, a top 10 penguins list, toughest penguins, but, uh, I was also, prom- oh, well, for the last couple episodes, I was promoting, the uh, Ryan Devine Daniel Amesbury matchup in Kansas City on the uh, on the seventh and uh, oh Hit Club Hockey of course they sponsor Ryan Devine he's one of their sponsored athletes they they have he has merch with Hit Club Hockey they're selling some of his shirts of course Daniel Amesbury him and H A Galante had the Talking Trash podcast and Ice Wars and well Ryan Devine won Ice Wars three and Daniel won Ice Wars one and. So they were the two Ice Wars champs. It's been all over online. I've been yapping it up. Not just me, but all the fans have been anticipating after uh, the Federal Hockey League banned Daniel Ainsbury. The Fort Wayne Comets signed him, honored their suspe- honored his suspension, and then on it was it February 3rd? It was beginning of February. Uh, he was allowed to play in the East Coast League, and he played his first game with the fan- or with the Phantoms with the Comets. Um, had a big hit behind the net on his first shift. On his next shift, he had a fight with the Kalamazoo captain and, you know, really h- kind of hung one on him. So, uh, 
you know, it, it was a real positive debut in Fort Wayne. Uh, they Fort Wayne unfortunately didn't win the game, but I know from talking to you know people in the area that you know the the place was electric and buzzing about Amesbury and his debut and everything else. Okay, so the next game is in Kansas City against Ryan Devine, February seventh. Like I said, the two Ice Wars champs. Oh fuck, here we go. You know this is going to be a good one. And after it's and and everybody's talking about it online. There's people buying the Flow Sport, the internet package for that game. And okay, here we go. We're going to see it, boy. And what happens? Fort Wayne healthy scratches Daniel Amesbury. <sighs> oh yeah. Okay. So. I go online and I start, of course, I rant about it and, you know, and there's a bunch of, and obviously everyone's pissed off, right? Well, okay. So, well, and then, so I, at the end of the night, Kansas City wins 3-2. Uh, the guy that they replaced Amesbury with uh, did fuck all, you know, Um I know Kansas or Fort Wayne in the first period had five shots and the second period had six and, uh, they actually turned it on in the third. They had like 29 or something, but which your fourth line is not playing in the third period when you're losing. So buddy, uh, you know, probably played two and a half periods, did nothing, produced no offense. Like I said, a real difference maker there. Yeah. That's, you know, it's good thing. Amesbury wasn't in the lineup. Um, so I bitched about it online, and I said that, and I'm like, you know, it's not, I'm not disrespected, you know, not, no disrespect to the guy that replaced Amesbury, but it's like, at the end of the day, it's a, you know, like I said, it's the fourth line in the East Coast Hockey League, and we're, you know, so you put a a, a no score, no hit, no fight guy on your wing on the East Coast, on a fourth line on the East Coast League. This is where we are in 2024. Okay. Um. Well, I had people kind of going back and forth about it. And a couple of them were ex-players. One being an ex-tough guy. Um, and, you know, and he, you know, was respectful about it. But he said, well, he can't play. <laughs> I'm like, okay. Well, I said, then what did they sign him for then? They just signed him last week. If you can't play, what would you sign him for? Um, you know, and he's like, well, they're, they're to win championships and blah, blah, blah. It's like... And like I told him, I said, no, I get what you're saying. On the surface of it, I understand the premise of it. I'm not, you know. But at the end of the day, and this is where I talk about these leagues losing the plot, it's the fucking East Coast Hockey League. The fourth line in the East Coast Hockey League. Why are we not having some tough guys? Uh, like, do you think the people in Kansas City don't want to see a tilt? I mean, what are we doing here? No, instead, oh, no, like Harrison Harper goes, no, no, you need the guy in the lineup with an active stick, I guess. You know, like... Yeah, people were just on the edge of their seat. So, no, I mean, I get in, in like, in the, today's hockey terms, what you're trying to say, oh, you know, you got to be able to play, and can't have goons anymore, and it's not like that, and whatever. And I'm like, yeah, you also know that, like, mo- probably most of these key- teams, like, you know, can't draw, they couldn't draw flies if they were dipped in shit. I mean, you know, and, like, Look at I said like look at around look around at the landscape of minor league hockey. You want to tell me like things are really well like things are doing well like 
I can remember back in the day, it was the American League, the IHL, the Central Hockey League, the United Hockey League, the East Coast League, the West Coast Hockey League. Do you remember all that? And guys were making money. Now, again, we're not talking million-dollar contracts, but, I mean, AHL, IHL, you had dudes making six figures. Uh, you know, in the minors, if you were a vet, you got, uh, before these ridiculous veteran rules, uh, you know, you could bounty hunt and, and you could make some cash. I mean, you know, teams would take care of guys. Get a good owner in there, he'd give you, he'd bonus you. You know, it's just like, you know, now what do we have? We got the American Hockey League. Guys are making all right cash. They're, they're doing all right. You got the East Coast Hockey League. Yeah, you know, it's a prospect league, you know, for the first couple lines. Southern Pro League, and then the Federal League, and that's it. And the Federal League and the Southern Pro League, those guys ain't making any money. Especially in the Fed. Not knocking the guys, but you're not. You know, so, and then, so, you know, oh, and then the LNAH. But even the LNAH, of course, has the, you know, because I I had some people go, why does Namesbury go to the LNAH? I said, oh, I'm sure he'd probably love to go to the LNAH and make five times what he's making now. Problem is, he can't because... The LNH now has put in rules for the last bunch of years. You either have to be born in Quebec or have played in the Quebec Junior League or the Maritime Junior League. Brett Gallant back in the day played in the Quebec Junior League and in the Maritimes. So that's why he is able to play in the league. Or if you played in the league previously, they'll grandfather you in, i.e. Derek Parker. So there you go. So the LNAH again. Yeah, we're going to an LNAH game to see some prospects, I guess. Uh, you know. So hey, you got Brashear fighting. You got Gallant fighting. You got Gabby Rock. You got Dave Hamill. You got all these guys all on the shady side of thirty. In Brashear's case, fifty-two. Derek Parker's in his forties. Well, those are the only guys that can fight. So they're it's you know they're bringing in the over the hill gang. No dis. I'm not. I'm just using slang. I don't disrespect those guys because Rock and Hamill and those guys and Parker have been awesome this year. But they're also 43 years old. But that's what they're going to have to do because the Quebec Junior League, you're not allowed to fight anymore. If you fight, you get suspended. So no one's coming out of Quebec and out of the Junior League. And you got to be born in Quebec or play in the Quebec League. Well, that pretty much limits your action. So, I mean, the LNH, I don't know what they're thinking. Like, just ridiculous. Like, you just think if it was wide open like it used to be, you could, you might be able to get Ryan Devine, Daniel Amesbury. You might, and if you had, like, if it was back in the day, in the mid-2000s, when they were throwing money around and had cash, oh, don't tell me you couldn't get Kyle Newber, Darian Skiho, guys like that. I bet you, you throw enough money at them, they'll come. Anybody tough in the East Coast League, probably even some tough guys in the American League that are a little older, that they know the days are done, they're not getting called up to the NHL. You could get them if you paid the cash, because that's what it's all about. You know, it's the only thing in the money that's real, the only thing in the minors that's real, the money in the miles. So, you know, may as well go for it. So... You know, uh, you think they give a shit what level they're at? Like, if it ain't the NHL, pay me. You know, so, yeah, but they have these ridiculous rules, so, okay. But like I said, to to sit there and have to argue with a player, especially a tough guy, um, it was respectful, we weren't swearing at each other, but it was just to see that, oh, he has to be able to play now and all this shit, it's just like, 
Yeah, but it's just like, again, that's what I kept reiterating. Yeah, this isn't the NHL or even the American League. This is the East Coast League. We're talking about the a right winger on the fourth line in the East Coast League. What are we doing here? So everybody in Kansas City is disappointed because they wanted to see him in Divine Fight. The people that went and bought the Flow Sports, the the TV, the game feed for that game to see that fight are disappointed. They're not coming back. They're, so you've pissed them off. You've run them off. So, and in the minors, you don't have a billion dollar TV contract like the NHL. No, you need gate attendance and people buying the internet, pay-per-view games and merch and shit. That's what, that's what survives you in the minors. While you've managed to piss off new fans that wanted to see Amesbury and Divine go at it. You've managed to run them off now. Oh, so that's, that's a good job. That's great marketing. Well, then the Fort Wayne guy, the, he's a, he's a writer, I believe. Well, you gotta remember the East Coast League. That's the other brilliance of the East Coast League. There's a 10 fight limit per guy. Then you start getting suspended. Well, I'm sure the comments want to save Daniel Amesbury's fights for when he's at home. Cause they don't want him blah, blah, blah. That was his reasoning. Okay. Maybe. But, again, as a league and as a team, and this is where the LNH falls into, so follow me with my logic here. <clears throat> this is where the LNH falls behind, or, and, and this has been a problem even in the glory days in the LNH when there was a lot of fighting. All, of course, teams always want to put on a show for their home fans. Of course. Well, in order to put on a show for your home fans, you need some cooperation from the visitors. Um, so it does no good when every visiting team is just like, yeah, no, we're not going to fight. We're going to save it for the home for when we're at home. Okay. Well, then no one's fighting anybody then if we're going to all save it for home. So if you're going to, so if you're going to bring in Fort Wayne into town and people want to see Amesbury, uh, and you want to see them fight and you, you know, like, oh shit, I've never, I haven't been to a game in a couple of years, but I hear this guy diamond hands or something's coming in with Fort Wayne. Well, let's go see him and our, hopefully our tough guy will fight him. Let's go. Well, okay. But now if you're going to healthy scratch him, cause oh, you want to save him for home. Well, why would I go to these games then? Like, again, I get what the, what the mentality is. Like, we want to put on a, f- a show for the home fans. Okay. But you need, like I said, you need cooperation, obviously, from the visiting team. So that used to happen in the LNH a lot. Oh, they want to, nobody wants to dance on the road. Well, that does you no good going into Laval and, that, and then not fighting. Cause now you've pissed off the Laval fans. So you're, they're losing money. So that ain't good. So then the next time when Laval comes to Sorrel, well, you didn't dance in our barn, so now we're not going to dance in yours. And now the Sorrel fans are mad because no one fought. See where I'm going with this? It's a, you know, it's a, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's entertainment. You need cooperation on both sides. Uh, so this idea of we're going to save them for the home games is ridiculous. I get it, but it's ridiculous. And someone needs to sit these friggin' owners down and these coaches and clue them in on how we're trying to sell shit here. And, uh, and like I said, I know fighting is the dirty word, but at the end of the day, red ice sells. It always will. And, uh, yeah, you pissed everyone off by not playing them. And, uh, but like I said, uh, these teams have lost the plot. Uh, apparently, uh, I don't know, ex-players have too. 
or they, they've just bought into the, the new age hockey bullshit. And I'm sure they probably coach or they have their kids playing and it's just like, oh, hockey's different now. We don't need to fight anymore and all that. Eh, all right. Sure. If that's your stance on it, I get it. But seriously, this isn't Pee Wee or Tim Hortons hockey or whatever. Again, as I kept pointing out, this is the East Coast League. What am I coming to see? I want to drink dollar draft, have the home team win, and have our guy win the fight. It hasn't changed in 50 years, and it won't change in 50 more. But now I, I have people, oh, well, no, they, they can't, oh, we got to win championships, bro. Like I said today, I said, now, if you're a fan, you sit down with these fans, paying public, I mean, you might get a few diehard idiots because they somehow think they're going to get a ring if their team wins. But if you sat down someone and said, okay, when you buy this ticket, you're going to be thoroughly entertained, but your team, but the home team's going to lose. Or you're going to be bored to tears, but the home team will win. What would you rather see? Well, of course the person's going to say, well, I'd rather be entertained. That's the point. It's my entertainment dollar. I've come to be entertained. I really don't care. If, if, yeah, I mean, obviously you want the go team, you want the home team to win and go on and win championships. And of course, as a fan of the team, that's what you want. But at the same time, at the end of the day, it's an entertainment product and I want to be entertained. If I'm going to go to the game all season, all season and be bored to tears, I'm going to stop going. Oh, but we won the championship. Yeah, right on. But it was like, you know, like a fucking library, nobody hitting anybody, and we're we're the nerd team, and we win three two, and nobody hits or fights or does anything, and eh, but yay, we won. I mean, or we could lose six two, have four fights, and and we're rocking and rolling, and you know we got you know well, we scored some goals and whatever, but we just uh, didn't score as many, but we had a couple fights and. Guy, guy yelled at the ref, and there's some scrums, and then the fan, their players were yelling at the fans, and they got into it. No, man, it was, I can't wait for the next game. Can't wait till Kansas City comes back. That'll be fun to watch. Isn't that the point? It's an entertainment product. So you can sit there and tell me, oh, we gotta, he's a scratch because he can't skate as well as Johnny College here that's got an active stick, and yeah, because people in Kansas City don't come out to see a fourth line penalty killer. You know? In today's apparently in today's hockey, they think you think you do, but come on, like, how do you not dress Amesbury and have him and Divine go at it? Seriously, they both wanted it. Divine's calling them out. You know, Amesbury is ready to go and wants to make a name for himself. How do you not have that fight happen? No, well, save it for home now. So, if, like, say they're not, but say Kansas City comes next week. Well, why, why? Why play Divine then? You didn't play Amesbury in your barn, in, in Kansas City's barn, so why am I going to play Divine in yours? So your home fans get the fight. No, we'll save. So there you go. So now everyone loses. And these te- I, it's funny, I was going back and forth with AJ Galante, and we were both just shaking our heads. Like, this is where we're at. Who, who would have thought in 2024? You know, playing games and not dressing guys because of fight limits and hometown and uh, just just idiocy. And like I said, here I am arguing with ex-tough guys online trying to justify it as they're telling me, you know, you sound like these fans. Oh, you can't skate in our league. Yeah, he's Bush League. Uh, okay. 
you know, what are we doing? Like, just lost the fucking plot, boys and girls. Not now. None of this was a surprise to me, you know. But it's just, you know, I I, I can't believe I have to bring this shit up online. Like, really? Like, no one else is seeing this? Like, well, I shouldn't say that. People are seeing this, but, ugh. but, it, but you've hey, so but hey, right on though. You know, Kansas City won three two, and okay, but. So the miners are constricted, so you got basically one league where guys make some money. Rest of the league's not really. You can go overseas, go over to the UK. I can go over there. They don't fight over there anymore either. You know, make a few bucks and, you know, ride off into the sunset and call it a career. Like, you know, so. Yeah, well. So, yeah, minor league hockey is, yeah, whatever. No, it's just, um... Just sad, but such as it is, whatever. I'm not watching it, so whatever. We can, uh, you know, the the tough guys can play at home when you can match lines because they can't skate, and you know, we'll put up the 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 college kid that you know. I mean, he might he might block a shot tonight, and you know, so that'll that'll be exciting. I'm sure that'll move some merch at the stand. You know, can't wait for that jersey auction, boy. I'm sure he'll bring in the money. Yeah. Whatever. Anyway, let's get it. We'll we'll do some DraftKings sponsorship, and then we're going to get into this Philadelphia Phantoms list. And uh, yeah, so here we go. DraftKings guys, sign up. Super Bowl. Bet your bet the bonus on Kansas City. I don't know. Maybe I might. But here, let's check it out. And now here's a word from our sponsor. Looking for a super offer for Super Bowl. 58 DraftKings Sportsbook has you covered. New customers can bet on the big game and turn five bucks into 200 instantly in bonus bets. Yeah, guys, the, uh, right now you're looking at Can- uh, DraftKings Sportsbook. The, uh, Kansas City Chiefs are a two point underdog. Started off as kind of even money, but right now minus two on Kansas City. Um, just so if you download the DraftKings Sportsbook app, use the code THPN. New customers can bet five bucks to get 200 instantly in bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook, the official sports betting partner of Super Bowl 58 with the code THPN. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.800gambler.net in New York. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of the Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21, 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash football for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. And now back to your regularly scheduled program. Okay, list, you say. I got Tim's attention. It's in Philly, too. Here we go. Um, Alright. Click on here. As I always say with these lists, uh, I did not go ahead, go through, read this ahead of time, so we'll discover it with you guys. Um, Alright. I've had this list for a while. I don't know who sent it. It was a cut and paste. I think you, you guys, I think you might have sent this to me. I think. But. Anyway, they just said, here's the top six Philadelphia Phantoms. Tough guys. Philadelphia Phantoms, uh, 
Lee Valley Adirondack, but this is, deals with the original Phantoms team from 19, that were around from 1996 to 2009. Philly Phantoms. Yeah, started in the Spectrum, won two Calder Cups. Okay. Uh, yes, and this is the top six toughest guys in a, a violence rich history. Yes. The, um, Man, I know in the in the in the late night early two thousands, I man, I used to love getting those Phantoms DVDs, and you just see like when they would play Hershey and shit. Man, the rivalries, oh, and the man and Philly, both both teams just stacked. So I'm actually thinking this this should be a really good list because it's like, yeah, it, man, you got your pick of the litter for sure. Top, I was top six. I did a list what that was like the top eight. It's like, what? I always just kind of, would you be like three, five, or ten? Wouldn't it be? I don't know. That's, but six. Okay. Uh, here we go. Number six, Riley Cote. Okay. Uh, the 6'2", 220 pound Cote fan favorite. Uh, went on to be a, a assistant coach after his days at the Flyers were done. Games played 168, uh, 664 penalty minutes. Played from 2004 to 2007. Managed to pick up. 69 fights, was a member of the 04-05 Calder Cup Championship team. He had back-to-back 29 fight seasons when he first joined the Phantoms. Uh, yeah, man. Cote was a bad dude. Uh, I'm a big fan of Riley's. Uh, a Western guy. He played in the uh, with the Prince Albert Raiders. And it was funny, when he played in the Western League, um, was the big fighter, to be honest. Um, you know, you didn't expect him. It's like, oh yeah, he's going to have like 70 fights in three years in the American League. It's like, what? You know, um, you know, especially in his 20-year-old year, he was the captain, and he was always a physical player, and he did a little bit of fighting, but I think he had 30 goals in his last year and stuff, and uh, like I said, you know, yeah, man, Cote, uh, so I, and I can remember uh, when he first started, you know, because he, you know, back then there was no YouTube, internet, and all that, uh, started off, obviously, in the East Coast League and stuff, and then uh, picked up uh, the 29 fights in his first year with the Phantoms. And I remember somebody, like on the board, obviously there was always lots of Philly guys. And uh, they're like, oh yeah, this Riley Cote guy. And I'm like, Riley Cote? And they're like, you know, oh, he's got 29 guys fighting everywhere, blah, blah, blah. And I'm just like, is this, like, okay, Cote, Riley Cote, eh, you know. It's possible that there's another Riley Because I'm like, this can't be the PA guy. And uh, But then you saw him and it's like, holy fuck, he got, you know, jacked up and just... Uh, Fighting everybody and uh, yeah, man, he um, he's one of those guys. If you want to, if you and he's talked about it. If you wanted to make the next level, he knew what he had to do, and he dedicated himself to it. Got big and uh, bulky, and made the mindset up that he's going to throw down. And uh, well, hey, it got him to the NHL. He made some NHL money and stuck around the American League for a while. And and yeah, Riley Coyote, man, I'm I'm down with Cote. I thought he was cool as shit, and I loved it when he was at the Flyers and. He's always game, and, you know, I mean, you know, was he the league champ or anything? Well, no, but, I mean, fought everybody. His fight card is sick, and it's just like, yeah, man, well, 6-9 tilts in three seasons. He's shitting me. Um, yeah, I'm down with Riley Cote. Good call. Um, number five, Josh Gratton. Oh, shit, there you go, Josh Gratton. Another guy, 6'2", 215 pounds. Also a member of the 0405 Calder Cup champion, played 124 games, picked 557 penalty minutes. Uh, has played parts of seasons in 2004 to 2009. Uh, had a 67 fights, uh, including a 40, uh, 57 games, 40 fight, uh, season. Yeah, uh, best known for his fight. Yeah, his marathon 
perhaps one of the greatest hockey fights of all time with Brian McGratton. I agree. Uh, Brian McGratton, uh, the fight, it's on my YouTube channel. It's all over YouTube, but it's on Fourth Line Voice YouTube channel. Josh Gratton, Brian McGratton, I would have it in my top 10 fights of all time. Uh, unbelievable. Gratton also in a playoff game with Providence had a great fight with Colt Nor. That's on my channel as well. Josh Gratton's awesome. I mean, if you're a fight fan, I don't give a shit who you're a fan of or what team you cheer for. Josh Gratton's a fucking man. He is awesome. And um, wide open fights in that year, man. I mean, Kochi and Bonvi had great fights with Bonvi. But the McGratton fight's second to none. Like, I mean, that's that's one of... It really... That's not just, like, you know, exaggeration. No. That fight is one of the greatest hockey fights ever. And, um... Tremendous. So, if you have not watched it, Josh Gratton, Brian McGratton, whoever the camcorder ninja was that filmed it, thank you, sir. You, uh... You uh, you have earned a, a, a lifetime of beers uh, from fight fans because, uh... Yeah, if it wasn't for you... Yeah, it's, uh, like I said, the old camcorder ninja sneaking it in and recording. Yeah, if it wasn't for them, nobody would be seeing shit. So, but yeah, Josh Gratton, there we go. Uh, number four, Frankie Lasar, there you go, six foot three, 235 pounds, played 202 games, 997 minutes of penalties from, uh, 1999 to 02, uh, had a total of 71 fights. Uh, Frank the Tank often went off the rails and was not above, uh, with dirty play. Um, it's, it's funny. I know, uh, when Joe talked to McLaren, um, he said the same, you know, he was not a, like, well, they played together. Um, so, you know, he obviously on a personal level, he liked him, but yeah, he said the same thing. He could be pretty dirty. And I've had guys on my show, Steve Parsons said it. There's a bunch of guys that have talked about Lassard and, uh, they weren't fans of his, uh, and they always said it, it wasn't necessary for him to pull that shit. Like he didn't need to donkey it up like that and be dirty because he was tough enough just going at it straight. But like McLaren brought up, Lassard wanted to be the bad guy and wanted you to hate him and he would do anything. He didn't give a shit and he did. And it worked because people did hate him. Because I, like I said, I've had guys on my show that talk about hating him to this day. And um, and they said he did dirty shit that he didn't need to do. But it's like he didn't fucking care. He did it anyway. And... Uh, yeah, man, Lassard, left hand, huge, and just pff, unbelievable battles. Like, like on my channel, uh, just Frank Lassard, Sean Legault. I mean, you know, Lassard, Morasti's fights. It's just like, you know, Lassard and McLaren, you know, while Lassard and McLaren, look at that fight. I mean, Lassard and Goddard, Lassard and Parker. It's just like, yeah, he was in the awesome fight, let alone his NHL fights, but. Yeah, I mean, he had a, he had a 30 fight, 35 fight season as a rookie in Philly. And yeah, I'm down with Francis Lassard, man. This is a good list. I mean, well, like I said, when you have, especially with the Philadelphia pedigree, but like not just, oh, the fly, yeah, I mean, you do a Flyers list and oh, Bruby Brown talk, you know, on and on. Same thing with the Phantoms, man. It's just like, you know, you go from Riley Cody to Josh Grant and to Francis Lassard. It's just like, Jesus, you know, so yeah, Philly, man. If you're a fan of tough hockey, that's your team. I'm telling you. Uh, number three, Pete Vandermeer. Oh, here you go. Pistol Pete, six feet, 205 pounds, played 209 games, 1,046 penalty minutes, played from 2001 to 2004. Uh, had a total of 95 fights, including a 30, a 27, 38, and 30 fight seasons. 
uh, undersized, but took a back seat to no one. Yeah, Pistol Pete, uh, for those interested, if you haven't, if you want to go in my back catalog, I had Pete Vandermeer on my show. He was a great guest, and we go into plenty of his time in Philadelphia and talking about those fights that he played with in the Phantoms. Um, yeah, man, 38 tilts, and again, fought everybody. Um, was undersized. I think that whole Vandermeer family is just tough. I mean, Jim played there for a while. He's a tough bastard. Jim Vandermeer, man, there's another guy. Go look up his tilts. Under, under the radar. Tough guy. Go look up some of his NHL stuff. Woo. Yeah. No shit. Down with the Vandermeers, man. Um, but yeah, man, Pete Vandermeer, great guest on the podcast. Uh, a lot of fun to watch, uh, wherever he played, whether it be the BC Iceman of the United League or the Philadelphia Phantoms. Uh, it was cool to see him get some NHL games. You always like to see that when those guys can uh, can get a game or two just to get their name in the record book. But uh, Vandermeer was awesome, man. Absolutely. Uh, number two. Oh, there you go. Stone Cold Steve McLaren, 6 feet, 230 pounds. Played 164 games in 640 penalty minutes from 98 to 2001. Had 61 fights. Uh, yeah, I mean... Yeah, I was sort of say about McLaren, as I said at the, at the start of the show when I was talking about Joe interviewing him. Um, you know, I had Steve Parsons on this show who said he just, he hit unbelievable. Mike Segroy has said online that Stone Cold and Steve McLaren's the toughest guy. He, he said he was the toughest minor league hockey guy of all time. He said when he hits you, your eyes would just, his eyes spun. Um, yeah, uh, Lassard had numerous knockouts. Um, you know, obviously the most talked about Steve McLaren fight of all time is, of course, is his fight with Parker. Um, you know, where basically Parker shattered his nose. He shattered McLaren's nose with a punch and McLaren didn't go down and actually got offense and kind of took over the fight. And, you know, uh, which how he remains standing. I know Scott Parker himself has said he has no fucking clue. He's never hit anybody that hard. And like, <laughs> the guy doesn't go down. He keeps coming. It's like, what is this guy, the Terminator? Um, but yeah, I love Stone Cold Steve McLaren. He was awesome. My first introduction to him was in the Memorial Cup when he played for North Bay. And him and Chris Murray, who was playing for Kamloops at the time, went toe to toe. And we're like, who is this guy with the blonde mohawk in the Ontario League? But this guy's badass. And then uh, I managed to get some old IHL VHS tapes when he was playing for the Indianapolis Ice. And, you know, young guy there, but, you know, he was just beating the shit out of people in that league. And then, uh, you know, tailor-made for Philly, that's for sure. But, yeah, Stone Cold Steve McLaren. I mean, you could have had him at number one. I don't think anybody would argue. I'm assuming, uh, I'll scroll down here, number one. Yeah, okay, so Frank Bialoas is number one, six feet, 240 pounds. I mean, yeah, McLaren and Bialoas, could, you could flip it around, but I think... If you're doing, yeah, Philadelphia played 156 games, had 555 penalty minutes from 96 to 99. Team's original enforcer at 60 career fights, 97-98 Calder Cup champion. Uh, was on, was almost on par with Eric Lindros as the most popular hockey player in Philadelphia at the time. Yeah, I mean, that, that story's been going around when it came to like jersey sales. It was literally like Lindros, Bialois, and Leclerc were like the three biggest guys. And back then, the, the Phantoms played in the Spectrum, which is in the, which is in the parking lot. Uh, you know, where the, you know, so the Flyers and the, and the Phantoms, you know, shared the city. And if you couldn't afford a Flyers ticket, the, the Phantoms were the, uh, were the next, you know, the next best thing. And real working class, um, well, again, you have to listen to Joe's interview with McLaren, but like he talks about it. So it's just a working class city and like blue collar guys couldn't afford the, the Flyer games, but they sure as shit could go and watch, uh, 
when the when fan when the Hershey came to play the Phantoms and there was, you know, a line brawl and eight fights and Bialos is out there wreaking havoc and everything else and they would buy a Lois, man, you know, built, you know, crazy, long hair, and just, you know, just the role, right? And uh, would intimidate people and just didn't give a shit. And, uh, you know, one of, certainly one of the all-time great minor leaguers. Um, yeah, Frank Bialos, man, he, uh, the animal. What more can I say about Frankie? And uh, he was, he had a great, you know, unfortunately had got injuries at the end there with but for a couple seasons, especially that first year, I mean, when the fans first got their team and you want to make a splash, uh, what what bigger splash is there to the, bring in the animal who, uh, you know, at that point, uh, you could say was was the kingpin of the American League. And uh, you imagine you're on a blue line and you're looking across at Bylois and McLaren staring at you. You shitting me? Come on. You know, so... But yeah, Frank Bialois, there you go. So Bialois, McLaren, Vandermeer, Lassard, Gratton, and Riley Cote. Well, yeah, I can't, uh, I can't disagree with that six list. I mean, uh, I just think of the guys, you know, we had Bond being all those guys and, you know, in Philly and, um, Fedoric and McAllister and on and on. I mean, you could sit here and play the name game for an hour, but, uh, there you have it, folks. There's your uh, top six Philadelphia Phantoms fighters of all time. Um, yeah, there we go. We just hit the hour mark here. I didn't think I'd be able to talk that long. Like I said, uh, I did an interview actually earlier today, and uh, my, my throat's killing me. I could probably hear it, but uh, I'm, I'm gutting it out for you folks. But uh, I'm going to get out of here. But uh hope you guys, like I said, if you're listening to this on Sunday, uh, enjoy the Super Bowl. Let's see what happens. If you're listening to it uh, on the on your commute to work on Monday, well, hopefully you you, you won some bets and uh, and it worked out for you. But uh, there we have it, folks. There's uh, episode 359 in the in the can. Um, if you happen to be on social media, check me out on Facebook and on Twitter, Fourth Line Voice. Also on Instagram, Fourth Line Voice THPN. Um, you know, I'm always putting up videos and pictures and uh, yeah, check it out. And uh, if you have if you want to get a hold of me for any reason. My DMs are open, as the kids say. Just drop me a direct message. I'd love to hear from you. Um, if you have ideas for the show, you want to come on the show, you got a picture, want to share a fight, have a story, I don't care. Just you're a fight fan, let me know. Drop a, drop me a line. I'd love to hear from you. If you're not on social media, email me, hockeyfights at hotmail.com. Like I said, drop me a line anytime. I'd love to hear from you guys. And uh, yeah, seriously, as I always say, and I, and I do, and I say this every episode, and I'm sincere when I say it every episode. Um, I want to thank you for, for listening. Um, there's hundreds and hundreds of hockey podcasts out there. And the fact that uh, you took time out of your day to listen to mine, I greatly appreciate it. I really do. And uh, yeah, thank you. And uh, download, don't stream. That's how we get paid. <laughs> but please, oh, also before you, I know I should have said this earlier, but, and I always say it, I know, but um, where, whatever platform you're listening to this show on iTunes, or Spotify or whatever, uh, the star rating at the top, could you please rate the show? Um, if the star rating, uh, it helps me out in the algorithms, any podcast that you listen to, uh, the smaller podcasts, we need, we love, we love to get your, your reviews. And if you're on Facebook or on YouTube, pardon me, uh, if you're watching a video from my channel that you like, hit the like button, subscribe to the channel. Again, everything helps in the algorithms with the internet and all that stuff. That's how they, that's how those things work, right? So yes, if you could do that for me, that would be great. But, uh, other than that, folks, again, thank you very much for tuning in. And, uh, yeah, we do this every Wednesday and Sunday. And, uh, yeah, so I'll see you in a few days. I'll talk to you in a few days. 
All right, everybody, enjoy the Super Bowl, and uh, we'll talk. We'll talk Wednesday. Thanks, everybody. And you people that don't like fighting, how many of you did you walk out and get a coffee while that was on?